Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 343, Referral Platforms. This morning, Matt and I get together and we talk about referral platforms as a means to generate additional client interest and work. This is the type of platforms where you can offer your services and be hired within the platform. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Doug. Sorry, I didn't have my my lighting and and camera set up there. Oh, <laughs> Oh my God, it's so cold out here. Putting these earbuds in was like popping ice cubes into my ears. <laughs> it was very distressing. <laughs> and I've had the heater on in here for an hour. It's like six wind chill here. Yeah. Um, All right, I'll stop complaining. <laughs> it's really cold. <laughs> yeah, so you did uh, You did your thing. You got your back black background logo up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks I great. That, that's, that's better. I yeah, think. it looks great. So. That with your studio lighting vibe. Wait, did you install new lights or is this the same lights from last week? That's the same lights from last week. Oh, okay. So I still have to do the uh, um, the LED strip lights. I just yeah, haven't yeah. decided what I want to do with those yeah. yet. Yeah. And it, it, like the hard part is the power and trying to figure out. Oh, sure. How I want because Because I've got one um, power adapter mm. that has two leads coming out. So I can run two LED strips off of one power adapter. Okay. But that means I need to put it like somewhere in the middle if I want to run both oh. directions, you know? And so I'm kind of using all my outlets up here. Yeah, I know. I am <laughs> so. too. I was, I was looking for some, I was like, wait a minute. I don't know if I can do, I don't have a, I don't have a, I didn't install a, an outlet on that side of the room. So my other one's on that side of the room and I've used all the plugs over here and I've got already got daisy chained uh, uh, outlet strips. So I'm like, yeah, they have a place to plug in new lights if I wanted them. Anyway, I feel like I need to like wave. Hi, Aria, bro. I know you look lonely over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, I keep hoping one day uh, uh, I'll see you like in a in a guitar stand on the floor next to Matt. But oh, until then, soon, <laughs> soon. <laughs> oh, the the, ja- the the Jackson the, the yeah you got the Jackson and the and uh, that one's the on the stand, stand over here. Yeah. I'll swap them out. Nice. How are you doing, man? <laughs> Besides being cold. Oh, I said you had to turn your heater off. I take it it makes noise. Yeah, yeah. I've got, uh, for recording, um, yeah. I usually turn that off. And it doesn't usually um, interfere with my listening. But right. uh, uh, sometimes I turn it off for that, too. But, but yeah, for definitely recording. for recording. Otherwise, yeah. uh, the uh, uh, this microphone picks up like all that, man. So it'd just be a bunch of noise floor. So. Yeah. <laughs> So the extra bundle. <laughs> yeah. And it's that white, it's that like white noise from the fan. So you, you can't mm-hmm. like take it out, you know, without destroying other parts of the uh, audio. Oh, yeah. Now our heater is old and is pretty loud. I'm glad it's not anywhere near here. Oh, you're like quiet and um, electric heat in your studio, right? Yes. I had a different heater that had a fan and I swapped it out for um, one of these parabolic ones that uh, only makes noise when you first turn it on and it's oh, right. kind of getting up to getting up to speed. But it's it's definitely silent. <laughs> right. 
So yeah, specifically bought it for the studio for that reason. Although it right does on. take a while to warm this place up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was telling you, I was, um, um, I wanted to learn a little bit more about referral services and, and, uh, you had mentioned that, uh, you had, um, you had done this before, um, both as, uh, mm-hmm. uh hire, hiring through the service and then providing services through, you know, I, I don't remember exactly which service that's maybe not important, but, um, but basically, you know, services where, uh, you know, you can, um, publish, mm-hmm. uh, I, sh- I should say platforms where you can right. publish your service, um, yeah. you know, as uh, available to hire. Right. And then, you know, then it sort of gets networked out through this referral service um, uh, to uh, cr- help create leads and, and make contacts. And yeah. um, and I was just wondering if you want, might want to share your experience a little bit about that. Yeah, it's interesting. There is um, I, my direct experiences with Fiverr. And uh, I am also, I also have accounts on, um, I think, Soundbetter, and um, there's another one, um, Soundbetter, and anyway, they are, they're interesting. I don't have a, I've never been on Upwork. Upwork tends to be for, I don't know, more professional services, not really. There are some that are more suited for either audio or more suited for general purpose services. Like, for instance, there's one called Thumbtack which I think is really good for finding people like local in your area uh. that are tradespeople or service people like photographers or like architects. Like I almost hired one to do a, a floor plan for our house. And I did find my studio photographer on Thumbtack oh. um, who came here and did my, did my headshots and all that stuff. And that was great. But the only uh, allowance for music on there was if you were running an actual recording studio. Because you have to work within their framework of picking what service you're providing. And if it's not listed, it's not, you don't have a write-in option, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas something like Fiverr, there are categories, and in those categories, you can kind of make up your name of your service, and there's a lot of guidelines around that. Well, so I have hired on Fiverr, and I've been hired on Fiverr, and I, I do have a lot to say, but it's great <laughs> from, from the hiring perspective. There's so many people on there and they're around the world and you're really taking, uh, often taking advantage of, uh, geo arbitrage, right? So people in another country, like, uh, when I wanted to get my finances in order, I hired a dude, I think from like Bangladesh or someplace to, um, to basically go through all of my online accounting and, and reconcile it because I just, I couldn't get it to reconcile and it's so tedious. I'm like, you do it. And it was like. Um, it was my first experience with Fiverr and I didn't really understand at the time. I didn't understand the timing of it. Like they, um, they're very strict about, you have to complete this within three days and we're going to remind you every day that you have one day left and then, you know, you get penalized and then, you know, so I didn't really understand that. I'm like, yeah, take your time. Do this. He's like, no, 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 this needs to be done now. (laughs) And, uh, they're also, they also don't want you to go off book, right? They don't, they're, they penalize you for for going outside of their framework. Okay. Um, or at least doing that in a way that they can find out about it because <laughs> they want to keep you in their ecosystem. Sure. Um, and they charge a lot. They charge 20% of your fees. So if you, oh, okay. if your if your job is a $30 job, they're taking 20% of that at the end and they encourage them to tip you, but then they take 20% of your tip as well. So, <laughs> Oh, do they? Yeah. 
Um, so, the, so there's uh, that, the, and that's coming. They're handling all the payment processing, then? right? And so what they're what they're basically doing is that they're they're kind of like um, kind of like how Amazon. Uh, I tried to be an Amazon seller because I have all these books I was going to get rid of, and I thought that that oh yeah, well Amazon people like that's where that started out as a book. You know, that's where you first go if you want to look for a book, right? Right. Well, yeah, they charge you a they charge you a monthly fee, and then they charge you a fee per transaction. And then they charge you like other stuff. And it's all like they call it uh, for using their storefront, right? So um, you're using their framework, their service, their back end, all of their their marketing and their algorithm. You, that's what they feel like they're, that 20% is worth that using their whole thing. So really what it ends up being from a seller's perspective, if you want to put your service on Fiverr, it's for... It's it's like training wheels for freelancers. For freelancers who don't know how to go out and get clients on their own, you can get on there, put up a nice graphic, put up a catchy title, um, describe your services, and um, and and you don't have to worry about cold calling people. Theoretically, they come find you. But on the flip side of that, it's it's basically it's a race to the bottom, as they call it, uh, in terms of pricing because it's a price war. Because people are out there shopping on price, not on service, and then right. you're kind of penalized at the outset because you know you're you're looking you're a new seller when you start out, and if until you get ten um, sales and four hundred dollars in in returns, you're still a new seller, and you show up at the bottom of all the listings. Okay, and you become a level one seller, and then you show up a little bit higher than the new sellers in the listings. But anybody who's been there a while shows up first, and uh, they are, you know, whatever they're called. You know, you, you it's it's tiered, and the other part of it that I didn't like. I mean, you know, it's okay. You take you you, you give them twenty percent to use their framework. Okay, fine, but then they also. Um, they hold your money in escrow for two weeks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in case the, in case your in case your buyer wants a refund. So it's you're you're just being penalized here and there as a seller. Um, and r- honestly, you're better off uh, if you if you know anything about how to get a client as a freelancer. You're really better off doing it on your own. Um, but uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have the account out there. But I noticed that my the interest in my service that was that's listed there dropped off a cliff when I stopped promoting it on social media. Oh, really? Like people aren't finding it naturally through Fiverr. They were only finding it through social media and then asking me about it. Oh, so so as a seller, it's it's unless you've been there long enough and built up a a reputation through their algorithm and promote it heavily on your own outside of there. It it's, it's tough to get traction. Yeah. Um, I wonder, you know, why promote to Fiverr when you can just <laughs> promote to yourself? If you're, you know, what, what is it about promoting to Fiverr that uh, would allow you to reach uh, uh, contacts that you couldn't reach if you were just promoting yourself? I, I think it's a, it's a comfort level thing. I think that um, having the storefront, it's like the difference between shopping on Amazon versus uh, shopping on like, you know, Craigslist, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go through Amazon, you know that Amazon is going to protect you. It's going to, you know, guarantee your transaction. It's going to um, have some kind of a vetting process. 
Whereas if you're, you know, you're going through Craigslist, it's just somebody throwing up an ad and you don't know what you're going to get. Or right. if you show up at their house and you're going to, you know, end up in their basement. So um, <laughs> I think that there's a buyer, there's a buyer, uh, buyer comfort level for, hey, if you're through, if you're on Fiverr, then I know that you're, you've gone through some kind of vetting process. Gotcha. But, um, so Fiverr, Fiverr adds a little bit of uh, at least perceived legitimacy. I think so. I think so. But so from a buyer standpoint, it's a great place to uh, to go find people who can do stuff. And it used it's called Fiverr because it used to be five dollars a transaction. It was like you can't charge more than five dollars. And then they changed that pretty quickly to um, they recommend that you have something at five dollars. But then you have all these add-ons. So they even tell you this is how you make money on Fiverr: is you start out with a low cost base price you know, like a sticker price, and then you have all these add-ups. But if you want this feature, then you add $10. If you want this feature, if you want it in two days, you add this. So you can make money there if you're strategic about it. But it's it's still overall possibly less than you can make, at least at the outset, uh, from just going out and finding real clients. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, you know, I have one $5 service, and that's if I incorporate um, using uh, uh, physical tape. And, okay. Oh, <laughs> but it's not standalone. It's an extra. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything like a standalone $5 fee? Um, I don't think <laughs> that I do. No, <laughs> no, because I didn't go on there until after I watched a video on how to best strategically position yourself on Fiverr. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple of good short videos um, on that. And I did it for podcast editing. I didn't do it for voiceover, which was the video that I watched. And yeah, I've, I've gotten regular clients. And then, of course, I've taken them off Fiverr on private, like just pay me directly. And so I don't have to take the 20, 20% hit. But um, yeah, it's so been interesting. One of, one of the uh, uh, impetus for me thinking about this was my wife um, has a pet care service. That's what she okay. does. All right, she has a business and she takes care of people's pets and walks them and and uh, uh, you know when they're on vacation and uh, sometimes does overnights and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she has a, a her own client base, but she also works on this platform that's called Care.com, and okay. uh, which which is basically the same thing as what you described in in mm -hmm. Fiverr, you know, and, but it's related to care, you know, and uh, you know pet care or even um, uh, elderly care, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so they have people that, that do all kinds of, you know, I mean, babysitting and all, all kinds of different things like that for services. Um, and then, uh, you know, we've talked about ebb and flow before yeah. and, yeah. Um, you know, and we have a natural ebb and flow with our clients. And, and I was thinking, what a wonder if referral services, you know, kind of taking inspiration from my wife would be um, a way to help smooth out yeah, mm -hmm. that ebb and flow and get more consistency, you know, throughout the entire year, um, yeah. you know, because uh, obviously, you know, we, we know how to go out and, and get clients, but it's, um, it, you know, how many clients do you need to always stay busy a lot? Right. Um, because, because every client is going in the music production process. It, you know, we're we're talking weeks and months of yeah. work to get to a point where they might come to us. You know, right, right. And, um, you know, and if you have a, a few of your clients who are kind of lined up and synchronized in that way, then you've got 
um, an ebb time coming up. And, um, you know, so it's, it's just, I don't know. I was thinking it might be a tool to help, um, even if it was at a reduced rate to, uh, uh, you know, which it would be, you know, if you're given 20% or something like that. Um, but it would keep the uh, wheels rolling during those times, you know? Yeah. And when I first heard about it, because this was, this was during, I did a deep dive, um, into uh, providing voice services, into providing how to do voiceover, how to do voiceover better, how to what sites to get on uh, to to promote your, you know, how you do voiceover, and that was where I encountered this. And what what I found was that the recommended was not that you put all your eggs in like the fiber basket, but that it becomes one of the places that is a is a lead generation. It's one of it's one arm of your ecosystem. So I think if if you are a freelancer, if you are the kind of uh, business that that requires kind of gathering clients, you know, you're not a storefront, you're a um, you know solopreneur, entrepreneur, small business, that it can be a, a good, as you say, supplement or or just another arm of your ecosystem where it can bring in clients um, somewhat passively. So what? what becomes confusing to me. And so when I started taking clients outside and away from Fiverr and then I'm like, okay, so what am I, what do I promote then? Do I still promote Fiverr and want people to go there or do I just promote my service and want them to go to my website? Do I want them to just contact me right here where I'm talking about it? You know what I mean? Right. It almost becomes a conflict of interest. Yeah. You with know? yourself. It's, it's yeah. yeah, that's the part that, um, I'm, I'm currently struggling with that right now because I did bring in clients through Fiverr and I, I also had people contact me and say, Hey, I saw you mentioned that you have a gig on Fiverr. Uh, how do you, you know, do you want to go through that or do you want to just deal with this directly? And, and when given that choice, I did one, I said, yeah, let's deal with this directly. And with the other, I'm like, well, you know what? I want to build up my reputation over there and get to a level one seller. So let's go through Fiverr. And then I didn't realize how long it was going to take to to get to level one seller. Yeah. <laughs> and then I moved them out. But so, yeah, it's weird to feel like you have a conflict of interest within yourself. But when you get to that point where you have some kind of like people finding you through the algorithm or whatever, uh, then it becomes just another arm of your client acquisition ecosystem. So I think it's good to have, but you definitely have to have tiered expectations for these different places. I haven't got anything come in through um, Sound Better or uh, whatever the other one is that I'm on. <laughs> Clearly, I don't promote them very well if I can't yeah. remember the name of it. <laughs> um I mean, it's all a means to an end, right? It's all just like ways of of leveraging uh, existing, you know, frameworks and websites uh, to to bring people into your ecosystem, right? But some are definitely more more catering to other um, other businesses than others. Like Upwork is one that I see mentioned a lot in the uh, in the business writing and copywriting world. Um, people are looking for professional services through Upwork. And I think that that's a place where, for instance, uh, like a corporate business would go, okay, I need a, I need a copywriter. I'm going to look on Upwork for for that or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go to Fiverr because Fiverr kind of has a has a, uh, the, a little bit of the stink of cheapness on it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't – you can get really quality people through Fiverr, but you do have to know that they're, they're kind of expecting bottom dollar, not top dollar. Right. So it's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Well, I've seen, you know, uh, uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that, um, you know, uh, of, of hiring different artists and things like that. Anywhere from 50 bucks up to, you know, a pro musician – yeah. Uh, you know, at 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 a twelve hundred dollars session, you right. know, uh, through Fiverr. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely not r- restricted to the five dollar range, you know. But um, yeah, no. Um, but that's interesting. I appreciate you sharing on that because yeah. it kind of gives me some insight into expectations when going into kind of look at this type of thing. Yeah, I can't speak to Upwork, but it does feel like Fiverr very much competes on price. And it's very difficult to tell whether you're getting uh, quality, you know, who, who's who's the higher quality. So um, they do have, the, of course, the, build, the part of the framework is that they build in, you know, testimonials are right there on the page. Like, you know, if you have 80 people who have hired you and they've all left you glowing reviews and you have a five-star review. Like I have a, I have a five-star rating on Fiverr, um, but it's primarily from like one client. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I very much, you know, I had, I did have, I've had apart from, you know, the, uh, the 20% taken off the top and the two week escrow before getting paid out. Um, uh, you know, I've had nothing but like good experiences there as a buyer and a seller, to be honest with you. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's just something I was thinking about and, um, I thought I might do some research just to see how it feels. Yeah, I mean, some of the things that you touched on, um, you know, because uh, it does tend to feel like you end up competing with your own marketing in a way. Yeah, and, it does feel like that right now, for sure. Um, and then I, I do, I understand the uh, the feeling of of maybe um, degrading your value in some way. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I think that's a perception of, I'm going to go to Fiverr because I want it to get whatever it is as cheap as I possibly can. Right. Kind of uh, mentality, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just my own perception or if that's really kind of a stigma around, uh, you know, a platform like Fiverr or other platforms, you know, that uh, do service referral. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. So then, um, as you know, the the difference between, a, you know, a, a, a client who pays the least they can afford versus a client who wants the best service they can afford. So I think that part of the, part of the stigma of Fiverr, because it does, does tend to compete on price because that's how they started out. I think it attracts people who are looking for bargains as opposed to people who are uh, like looking for the highest level of service and will, are willing to pay for that right. front. That's at least the impression that I get. Like, you know, if, if you're looking to spend top dollar on a, on a mastering engineer, you're probably not going to go to Fiverr. You're going to go to sound better, or you're going to, you know, do a Google search or look on, uh, what's the all music or something, you know, people with yeah. the best reputation. You're not going to go to Fiverr. No. Yeah. No, and, to I, and I would think, quality. you know, word of mouth, uh, might be even right. the, the, the first um, place that's true. Up, You're going to ask you know? your friends who have you worked with that you trust. Uh, yeah, which yeah. To, which to me has always been the most important. Um, uh, you know, to uh, it means more to me when uh, when a client 
um, shares with their friends in the word of mouth, yes. uh, uh, you know, more than anything that I could put together in my own marketing. Um, you know, it, it right. doesn't have near the weight and, uh, you know, and so that, you know, that's, that's always really the most effective, uh, way is, is to, is to really delight your customers. And then to the point where they're, they're happy to, um, to promote you because of the yes. work you did with them, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Kind of like, I don't know why that reminded me of when you run across a, a Wikipedia entry that you can tell the, like the band wrote their own bio and talk yeah. about themselves in the third person. You're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, this is, this may be accurate, but it feels slightly disingenuous. So <laughs> when you hear somebody else talking about you in a good way versus you talking about yourself in a good way, it, yeah. it, it hits differently. <laughs> right. So right. yeah, even now word of mouth, I think is still the best. Yeah. And it always has been. I mean, it always has been, it may always will be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to stay on Fiverr, but, uh, I do want to kind of, uh, figure out how best to promote it without undercutting myself <laughs> in other ways. You know what I mean? Right. I don't really know. I haven't figured that one out yet. Because yeah, you kind of like you're competing with yourself yeah. on price. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd be more uh, apt to be involved in promotion if it was promotion on the platform itself, and mm. and not not out elsewhere. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. You can pay just like you can pay. You know how uh, anytime you post on on Facebook or Instagram, it says, "Would you like to boost this post?" Oh, okay. Well, you can you can do you know, eBay does that too. Well, you can do that right. on Fiverr. You can you can boost your listing. That would make more sense to me than than having the conflict of interest out. You mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, and and pushing because I would rather spend my uh, uh, effort and add dollars in uh, in my social accounts on promoting my my own my studio. You know, right? Um, and not promoting a indirect route to my studio. <laughs> Right, because what you're really sense, promoting, you know? yeah, because really you're promoting not your own business. If you're promoting, hey, find me on Fiverr, you're really promoting Fiverr. You're not promoting yourself. Yeah, and I think I also have a feeling like the platform should be promoting you. <laughs> yes, I agree. The uh, the money that they're generating is coming in from the sellers, you know. Um, yeah, and so that's where they make their money. So really, you know, uh, um, we are the product. Exactly. Exactly what I mean. Yeah. They do promote their top sellers. Um, and apparently once you get to that level, you can make a lot of money. There's, there's, if you search YouTube, you can find people who tell you how to, how to really work that system out. And I know that they, they evolve and change to kind of curtail some of that. But, um, I, I, I will say that I know that of, of the types of sites that are out there, like, I would say Amazon could stop selling everything and, and on a storefront and still be the biggest company in the world because they're selling their back end yeah. to every other company in the world. Right. But, um, you know, a site like Fiverr knows exactly where their bread is buttered. They know that if they don't have the people selling the services, they got nothing. There is nothing there. Yeah. So they do some of, they do, they do know where their bread is buttered. I was going to say, you know, if uh, um, we don't uh, curtail this ebb, we're going to be selling our back ends to everybody. So <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you were going there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. What's interesting is I saw this because, like I said, I've been I'm uh, on Twitter. I've been a part of this freelance community, and most of them are copywriters. And I don't. Again, I feel like does anybody write their own copy? I guess not. <laughs> um, but they talk about the ebb as well, and they talk about the February ebb. I think that it's it might be universal. Like yeah. after the holidays, when you're like punch drunk and the visa bill comes and you're back to work in January and like, you're like, Oh man. (laughs) Maybe that's an argument for more international clients. You know, it's like, I'm not buying anything ever again. (laughs) (laughs) No more. You're like, you're all black Friday'd out. You're all Christmas out. Your new year's resolutions have gone already into the toilet. And so now it's February and you're like, well, if I buy anything, it's going to be for Valentine's Day. I'm definitely not hiring anybody right now. So <laughs> I feel like it feels a little bit more universal than I would have expected that there's that there's that that early year dip and then stuff picks back up around <laughs> right. April. I mean, looking at my looking at my uh, P and L statement, that's for sure <laughs> true in this business. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It, that was helpful to me. And I, I, I hope for those interested in, in you know, or, or looking at this type of uh, um, idea for their service business, um, you know, and, you know, I guess, you know, primarily for um, uh, writing music or, or producing music in some way that this is helpful to our listeners as well. Yeah, definitely so. do a little research. There are lots of videos on how to get out there and do it effectively and how to make the system work for you and not be so much a cog in their wheel. Um but for you, Doug, I think uh, take a look at Thumbtack. That seems to be a good uh, sir, a good provider for local services. Uh, okay. As a storefront. Yeah, I've never heard of it before, so I will check it out. Yeah, it doesn't Thank show you. up in a lot of searches. So, but I, I I've had good luck with that as right a on. buyer. <laughs> well, thanks. Good discussion. Yeah. Thank you too. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Oh, you I'm as gonna well. hustle over to the thermostat and get that turned back <laughs> on again. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. All right. Have a great week. week. Peace. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating.